This is El Paisano Media, and you're listening to EPM Network. stuff that's pretty neat. I'm your host, Brandon Ramirez, and in this episode, we're talking about mental wealth. Well, sort of, actually. Kind of. Listen, mental wealth is a bit of a misnomer for this episode, but I promise you it's not clickbait. So, this episode, it's a little late. I'm sorry. And given the topic we're covering, a little extra late, which, again, (laughs) double sorry. But, what am I talking about? Like always, Brandon starts getting confusing. <laughs> All right, so this episode is basically our Halloween spooktacular. Now, I realize by the time this episode comes out, Halloween has already passed. Given the fact that when I'm recording it, Halloween's already passed. But this episode is closest to Halloween in my uh, listings and scheduling so this is it this is our our late halloween celebration i hope you guys are still in the spooky spirit and not super ready to like hard shift into christmas and if you're american skip right over everything else Uh, so um what are we talking about today well let's start off by explaining the titling of this episode We're going to talk, like, all things creepy lost media and just creepy internet media and stuff in general. Stuff that I really like personally. This is basically going to be Brandon's, uh, Brandon explaining stuff that creeps him out. So let's hop into mental wealth. So what is mental wealth? Mental Wealth is the name of a TV spot, um, um, well, let's be honest, it's the name of a commercial that aired in the 1990s, I believe 99, and it features a Scottish girl in what appears to be a basement, and this Scottish girl is being filmed with a camera that's like straight out of a, of like Men in Black movie. Like, when I say it's straight out of, like, a Men in Black movie, it looks like the same camera that's used in, like, alien investigation footage videos from, like, back in the day. Like, this looks like, this is on some, like, Blair Witch level camera, right? So she's sitting there in front of this tripod, and she starts going on this spiel about how, you know, she's she's tired of progress by proxy, as she puts it. And she says, forget about progress by proxy, by pro, prox, proxy, land on your own moon. It's no longer about what they can achieve out there and on your behalf, but what you can achieve 
up here and on your own time. And she motions towards her forehead. And then she says, pause for dramatic effect. Then she says, it's called mental wealth. Boom. Okay. The whole crowd goes wild, right? That's the name of the episode. She said the name of the episode. I said the name of the episode. Is that weird? Is that like in a TV show when they say the name of the episode in the, yeah, you forget about it. Okay. This is making this episode less scary than I want it to be. I need you to be spooked out with me. Okay. Really, this is just a hangout episode, but still. So mental wealth, that's, that's the name of the commercial, or at least the fan given name of this commercial. And it freaks me out. Like this girl, I didn't explain what she looked like, right? She's got like an abnormally large head, very slender, like extremely slender, but she's basically got the build of an alien, like a green, a gray alien, right? With pigtails that are tied super tight. And she's sitting there and she like makes this really creepy laugh in the end. And, and the time code, by the way, the commercial has a time code on screen as it's, as it's playing starts to shift into the X and circle and triangle and square from the, 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 the face buttons of the PlayStation controller, which I mean, like, okay, on its own, cool, but given, given the circumstances, creepy. And so, okay, this right now, if you guys can pause the, pause the podcast open up YouTube as you're listening to the podcast so you guys can sort of get a feel for the stuff that I'm listening to because odds are I'm not going to be able to actually put all the sound bites into this episode. And if I can't do that, having YouTube open to look at this stuff as I'm explaining it will probably help out a lot. So mental wealth is a great segue into talking about how creepy a lot of these old commercials were like video games used to be freaky in the early 2000s and like late 90s and I have no idea why so I'm gonna talk about more stuff that has to do like specifically with stuff that I remember I was born in 99 by the way just just explaining so a lot of this stuff is gonna be early 2000s stuff but I'm gonna be talking a lot more about stuff that I remember and maybe covering a little bit of you know like Polybius and and a lot of like I'm a boomer shooter stuff, let's be honest. I've been watching a lot of uh, War Warlock RC, so if I start saying boomer shooter, I'm sorry if that offends you. I don't mean it. He He's the one that calls it that, okay? So I'm pretty sure he's a boomer, so that's him. Anyways, so um, what are some of these other like really weird kind of creepy commercials? Well, a lot of them are PlayStation commercials, which is like, why? Why was PlayStation so creepy? I have no idea. So I'm pretty sure a lot of you probably remember like the really rad um, PlayStation commercials that came out back in the day with like the PS3 and the PS Vita and the PSP, where it was like uh, this one dude and he's talking, to, he's got like a suit on, he's supposed to be like an executive or something, and he's like, play it your way, and and they have like Kratos and all these other video game characters that are played by real life actors, and they're, you know, they're doing all this cool stuff, and there's explosions. Well, when, when they weren't making those really awesome, like super enveloping, and really, I'm going to be honest with you, like Michael Bay-esque 
commercials that like young me just ate up. I was like, I need, I need to go home and play my PS3, even though I didn't have any of the games they were talking about. I was just like, I need to shill, shill for PS3. Well, before they were making those commercials, or when they weren't making those commercials, they were making really, really creepy commercials that were like advertising the PS3 as if it was like the main character of Elfin Line. <laughs> like <laughs> it's 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 a it's a PS3 floating with like a weird like going in the background, right? Like a you know like 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 that. Like, okay, I'm gonna cover the mic. I'm sorry if this sounds weird, but it's like the weird like you know like weird covered buzzing like electronic mechanical buzzing in the background and a baby (laughs) not a baby it's like a, a baby toy right like a baby doll of a baby you know you know those weird like baby doll babies that like nobody likes because they're creepy. Well, this commercial takes that creepiness creepiness to the next level because it zooms in on the baby doll and the baby doll like laughs like this really creepy mechanical like <laughs> like it's terrifying. It zooms in on this baby. And the baby starts like crying like black tears. It's creepy. Like it's ridiculously creepy. There's other ones in this same like type of commercial that aren't as creepy like I'm pretty sure there's one with like a Rubik's Rubik's Cube that explodes into like butterflies or something like stuff like that that's not as creepy but that on its own was terrifying too I remember seeing that like an adult swim or something when I shouldn't have been watching tv and it was terrifying like it it was right up there with what our next (laughs) example of like terrifying commercials is is, and that's the adult swim bumper really all adult swim bumpers but specifically I wanted to talk about the dawn is your enemy so let me take you back I used to wake up really early on Sunday mornings super super early on Sunday mornings because my grandpa would vacuum and clean the house like at five in the morning so I would wake up around the time I can't really remember now looking back if it was like I'd wake up because he woke me up or if I'd just wake up because the vacuum or something but I'd wake up kind of early and I'd catch the end of the midnight run of anime that Adult Swim would do on Saturdays starting at midnight and then all the way through the end of their broadcasting hours until the beginning of Cartoon Network. It would be nothing but anime, right? So I'd catch the end of it and I remember seeing like I'm sitting there and I remember one time and again, I could be completely wrong exactly like where this memory comes from, but I remember one time catching the end of Adult Swim and hearing this just like another mechanical buzzing in its own should just be like an entire thing of horror like that that should be a horror subgenre mechanical buzzing but um or like droning sounds right but i'm sitting there and i hear this weird noise and i i'm just tripping out like what is this and this creepy like wood wood carving type of art think of like you know, the shot heard around the world, sort of like old school, um, Baroque-esque pencil art, right? 
of like this sun and like this really detailed like landscape and it says the dawn is your enemy and you hear that classic like you know that that uh, um william street sort of like bell sound and it scared the living bejesus out of me like i felt my soul leave my body <laughs> because it terrified me and it scarred me and it was like a suppressed memory for the longest time because i remember growing up getting into like you know lost media and all kinds of creepy stuff and sort of recognizing that Adult Swim has its own sort of, I wouldn't say like internet underground, but it's got its own like, you know, its own fan club, its own like people on the internet. And realizing there was other people who saw the Don is your enemy and freaked out from it. And I was like, hey, this was traumatizing to everybody. And a lot of Adult Swim <laughs> was really freaky to kids who should not have been watching it when they were young. I personally don't have cable anymore, so I don't actually watch like the broadcast television of it. I still watch Adult Swim shows, but you know, looking back now, I'm like, I should not have been watching this stuff because like stuff that I find funny now, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force or Squid Billies, um, back then I couldn't process it. And one of the things that I still have trouble processing is Xavier Renegade Angel, which if you know anything about like Adult Swim or if you know anything about <laughs> Xavier Renegade Angel you know it's the epitome of Cartoon Network's and Adult Swim's experimental side um, since Cartoon Network and Adult Swim are always third in the ratings between Nickelodeon, Disney Channel and uh, Cartoon Network they get pretty experimental with a lot of their stuff. Um, that's where we get car like really cool classic cartoons. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Kids Next Door came from that, and a couple of uh, different cartoons. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's why a lot of even a lot of Cartoon Network kids like me don't remember cartoons that other Cartoon Network kids watched because there was just a lot of like stuff thrown at the wall. Like we all remember stuff like Camp Lazlo or Kids Next Door. But, you know, not everybody remembers um, Hi, Hi, Puffy, I'm Yumi. Well, Adult Swim is basically the same. Um, maybe a little bit easier to remember because <laughs> a lot of this stuff was traumatizing. So, <laughs> Xavier Renegade Angel. What is it? That's, 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 that could be the topic. Basically, <laughs> that's the entry. <laughs> if this was an iceberg, that would be the entry. Xavier Ren Renegade Angel. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, it's terrifying. Um, so it's basically PS1 graphics of this weird, like, chimera dude named Xavier. He's a renegade angel, a la the title. And he's always waxing philosophic about stuff and really just saying a lot of nothing. As he goes through towns of oddly stupid and bigoted people who judge him for things that you would think are being bigoted but it's really just him that's being big listen it's a lot of like logic jokes and clever snaps and it's hard to understand for a child so i had no idea what the dialogue was covering like at all like the first episode is literally called what doth life 
which is stupid. <laughs> like, listen, I'm just gonna be honest with you. There's, it's dumb. It's like the whole the whole show is essentially making fun of like philosophy and these people who wax philosophic and poetic about stuff for no reason. But yeah, it's. It, <laughs> I couldn't understand it at all, right, when I saw this. And the, 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 just the premise of this looking like a video game freaked, I don't know, it was just, it, it freaked me out. It was weird, and it was like, I want to say it left a bad taste of fear in my mouth, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, it made it, it made me nauseous upon seeing it, like, of, of a nerves, right? It freaked me out really, really bad. Now still kind of creeps me out like it's funny i guess but it's weird kind of creepy like now it's not so much like prime primal fear that i feel of it but it's more like don't hug me i'm scared kind of fear you know what i mean if that makes sense Uh, and okay (laughs) speaking of video games by the way, I hope you guys are liking my transitions because this episode isn't anywhere near as planned out as my other ones were. All I knew when I sat down was I want to talk about stuff that creeped me out as a kid because it's, it was Halloween and I, lo- I like being spooky. So speaking of video games, video games that freaked me out. Well, I could I listen, I could talk all day about how I am sad now that Max Payne really freaked me out because like looking back now I'm like yo I love that like pseudo noir type of storytelling that it did I'm I'm in love with the line there's a burning green crack in my skull you know like that that stuff's awesome to me now but when I was younger it freaked me out but that's not what I wanted to talk about right now I'm sitting with my little makeshift table talking into my microphone looking at my own personal collection of PS2 games that I like to say is my effort to help maintain some media. Really, it's just the fact that I don't want to throw any of these away because, you know, they mean stuff to me. And I'm staring specifically at my copy of the Matrix Path of Neo PS2 game. This game was awesome i mean like it was cool i hadn't seen the matrix at all when i played it i didn't really even understand what the matrix was i kind of understood it mostly from like (laughs) this is gonna be weird but keep in mind i was like 10 i understood it mostly from like popular culture references and stuff like that so to me i was just like matrix path of neo looks cool you gotta do cool slow motion stuff and jump in the air and shoot guns it was kind of easier for me than San Andreas was, and I knew it was based on a movie, which I'm pretty sure played a part in me liking it so much, and I was just like, this is awesome, so I beat the game, and given the fact that I had no idea what the Matrix was, I had never seen the movies, this was the only interaction with the Matrix that I had, and it blew my little mind when I was a kid. I mean, like, it just opened my eyes to, like, concepts that bothered me and I don't necessarily mean like the philosophical concepts in the matrix because I'm gonna be honest with you that those get murdered in 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 the game like it, it, they're not very <laughs> expressed which the Wachowskis kind of explained in the end of the game but I'm not gonna get into that not right now I'll get into it after because of course I am but uh <laughs> the thing that freaked me out the most was the surrealism 
Now, given a lot of the stuff that I've already talked about in this episode, I'm sure you can understand that surrealism is very, very hard for a child to conceptualize. It's freaky, and it's scary, and it's spooky, and it's kooky, and it's altogether kooky. I I, um, I sung that wrong, but you get what I'm trying to say. So when you meet the Merovingian, which if you know anything about um, the Matrix, the Merovingian is essentially a, a, a computer code who's represented by a, a cool French guy who saved a bunch of old uh, computer codes from older versions of the Matrix from dying, basically. And so he's got like really cool and creepy dudes on his side that are like physical representations of uh, mythological lore. He's got vampires and werewolves and um, ghosts and stuff, right? So in the game, he has vampires and werewolves and ghosts and stuff, but he also (laughs) has his own pocket dimension, basically, essentially. He's got his own pocket in the Matrix, and it is freaky. It's like a topsy-turvy land of upside-down stairs and stuff. You know that famous painting? Yeah, like that. But (laughs) it's filled with giant ants that know kung fu. And it freaked me out, like, so bad. I don't know what it was, but the fact that there was, like, no grounding in reality from a game that essentially was about breaking reality to, like, a believable sense... This freaked me out. Like that that burp that I just stopped right now is probably probably because of the fear that I'm bringing back up from this. Because I was like, there's something about being afraid in an interactive medium that makes it that much more scary. Because you, I feel like your body is reacting physically, knowing that you can do something about it. That's when you start like panicking, you know. So I started freaking out when I, when I was playing through that level. And to this day, I really don't know how I got through it. I beat the game eventually, but I, I feel like I vaguely remember giving up once I saw the giant ants. Like I was like, you know what? Never mind. I'm good. I'm good. I didn't beat a lot of games when I was younger, so it probably wouldn't make me feel that bad. Um, but yeah, like the concepts of like surrealism, I think were really, really hard for me to understand when I was growing up. So this stuff freaked me out. Like a lot of this media and stuff really freaked me out. And what's cool about like nowadays is the internet saves a lot of this stuff. There's and, and it gives you the opportunity to talk to other people who also were kind of freaked out by a lot of this stuff, which is like rad to me because it's like, not only is it like, reaffirming and really comforting to hear from other people who also kind of freaked out from this stuff but it's also reaffirming and really awesome to know like man this stuff is cool and like people actually like it now and like there's stuff we can kind of learn from it and as somebody who likes to really like put themselves into the worlds that I, I get involved with you know like I'm a really big Fallout fan so stuff like um New Vegas is probably my favorite Fallout game Stuff like uh, Dead Money from New Vegas, which is one of the downloadable downloadable content for those of you who don't know, uh, and DLC for those of you who do. Uh, it's one of the DLC packs for that game, and it takes place in an abandoned, huge abandoned villa and casino that's 
covered with a toxic red cloud and it's essentially always night there and your 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 player character has a bomb strapped to their neck that's connected to other characters and if one of you dies all of you die and there's the constant theme throughout this of let go and uh a lot of the themes in New Vegas have to do with um, concepts surrounding the idea of old world blues, which is this idea of like not being able to let go of the past and stuff like that. And, um, and so uh, Dead Money being the first DLC chronologically and uh, the, the first release kind of cut covers a lot of the, the let go stuff. This is the one that really emphasizes the letting go. And it's... It's a mix of scary because of the survival aspects of it and knowing that you don't really have all the gear and all the cool stuff that you did back in the main game. Now you're just like left with whatever you can find. You're left with scraps essentially. And you're left with a team that you can't really trust. And you know, you're left in a, a completely alien place, which is already, I think, subconsciously scary given the fact that the game takes place in like a post-apocalyptic place anyway and now you're like in a completely different post-apocalypse uh facing down enemies who don't stay dead uh, so you know the idea of preservation and stuff becomes heightened from what you were already experiencing beforehand now now everything becomes a little bit more exacerbated and i think that that coupled with the themes of letting go of the past and stuff can be very heavy on the minds of players. And um, I, I'm a firm believer that when you're depressed, it's easier to be scared. When you're anxious, it's easier to be scared. When your mind's not in the right place, it's easier to be scared. And that works vice versa. When you're scared, it's easier to be broken down by these concepts and by a lot of this stuff. So when you're freaking out and you're panicking, yeah, you're having fun. But at the same time, you're like, all you're hearing is like, let go, you know, let go, let go, let go. And it's, it's weird. And it kind of like, it freaks you out a little bit. It makes you uncomfortable, but it, it's, it's counteracted by the ideas of starting anew, starting again and, and other stuff that's, um, really, I guess, I guess you could say the, this begin again and the let go aspects go hand in hand in this in the story that the dlc is telling and i think at least to me when when i think of something that like really scares me it's something that like fundamentally freaks me out and makes me uncomfortable like oh my god like is there zombies outside zombies freak me out because you know there's no end to them and they're us you know, it, it concerns me and it weirds me out and it freaks me out. Same with Wendigos and stuff like that. You know, the idea of like, they're us and there's a possibility that there's no end to them. That freaks me out. So uh, taking that concept and then mixing it with the idea of accepting the hopelessness of the situation freaks that that that's something that not only takes advantage of the primal fears of a situation, but also builds on them by playing to the psychological results that you're getting from those primal fears, from the constant exposure to these primal fears. When you're put in a situation that's like that, and then you're constantly exposed to it, of course you're going to break down. 
but add to that the constant reiteration of let go, let go, let go. And, you know, you start to see a difference in your play style, you know, like, you know, before where you might have went in guns a blazing or whatever. Now you're trying to hide. Now you're doing different things. Now you're you're making morally questionable choices. Um, there's a character who has two personalities. His name is Dog and his other personalities is named God. Dog is very stupid and God is very smart. God does not like dog, and dog does not like God, but when God is in in control, you get better sneaking and stuff like that, but when dog is in control, all the enemies you come across stay dead, because he eats them. So, you're making these morally questionable choices, because, you know, of course, you're like, well, why don't I just, like, keep God, because he's more like a person, but then, you know, you get into like these philosophical questions of like, just because dog is essentially a child, you know, what is, what does this mean? What does that mean? And I think it's when you start to have to face these, these morally questionable situations, when you're on top of like everything else, you're, you're just like, whoa, like <laughs> what's happening, <laughs> you know? And I think that's something that a lot of horror games from back in the day and I listen I don't play a lot of horror games now but like back in the day I I tested I tested the waters a little bit here and there and overall like survival horror and horror in general and a lot of that stuff I think they kind of build off of that and I think that a lot of the stuff that really creeped me out as a kid was trying to understand you know, struggling to understand concepts. And I played, I finished New Vegas when I was like a teenager. So I I think by that point, I was able to really understand why I was afraid. But at the same time, I, I didn't get it, right? Like it didn't completely click with me. And now looking back, I'm like, that's why it was so scary because I was still struggling to understand what's the right choice to make. What, what do I do? You know, where am I going? All the while outside, you just hear like, because like the, the ghost people are like about to break in, you know? And I think that is true horror, or at least that's the stuff that really freaks me out. You know, like there's alien videos and stuff online that used to really freak me out too. And again, looking back now, in hindsight, it's because you're struggling to understand what the ramifications of this stuff is, you know? And to me, really grasping what makes me so scared of a lot of this stuff and why I'm so easily scared of stuff. To me, that's all pretty neat. Yeah, I, I did it this I did it right this time, okay? I know I messed up in the last episode, so I did it right this time. Anyways, I'll catch you guys next time. Sorry again about the wait. And I just wanted to say uh, thank you once again to Thor Music in the last episode. In this episode, um, expect a two-parter for the last episode. I've put some stuff together. And again, I just want to give another shout-out. Sorry. End of the episode is for shoutouts now. 
to uh, the last video. Thank you guys for coming back to me. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys like what I do with your responses in this episode. So, I'll see you guys next week. And remember, keep an eye open when you're outside at night.